Shut up, Craig. <laughs> Craig, you god darn dirtbag. All right. Are we ready to start? Um, I'm ready to do something. I don't know. Episode 171 of the Insert Credit Show. For the rules of this program, please refer to episode 170. I'm Alex Jaffe, Insert Credit Ranger Blue. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, uh, Insert Credit Ranger Red. I'm the Red Ranger. (laughs) Uh, Red Ranger. Was that Jason? Was his name Jason? Originally, yeah. Jason. Well, originally, there's only one Red Red Ranger. (laughs) There's a lot of Red Red Rangers. I'm Jim Rogers. Insert credit Ranger Gold. Also Ooh. Jason. Yeah, Gold Ranger. It's a different Jason. Well, I'm right? Brandon Sheffield, and I'm I'm low on Rangers at this point. Um, I uh, I don't want to be green or white because that guy's a not the coolest person in real life. Um, and I don't like um, his ponytail. Yeah. We're talking about the original again here. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, why not? So I guess I'll be Ranger Black. That's good. I'll be that guy. Sure, that's good. That's yeah, good. Um, Have you guys seen that new Power Rangers movie? The the recent Power Rangers movie? Oh no, is that fun? Yeah, you should watch it. It's good. Is a Red Ranger in it? Yeah, there is a Red Ranger. There's a good okay. twist with the uh, the Black Ranger and the Blue Ranger uh, in there that you might enjoy. That I I I lolled at pretty good. But uh, Brandon, nice. did you have a question? I did have a question, which is I noticed that nobody's won the show in a long time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, what what happened with that? We, uh, what happened with that is that this season we are starting the shows with old questions as opposed to crowning a victor. Interesting. Uh, but if you'd like to implement both of these to make the first question a previously on and maybe the second question victor's choice, we can start implementing that as of this episode. What say you? What if it was the fifth question was the victor's choice? No, I like the fifth question to be kind of gamey. All right. I want us to win and lose because it, it's... Uh... You know, we're we're on a show here. We got to have right. Some we are on a show here. Let's you know, I I have just the idea. But uh, right now, we're going to do a little bit of a flashback. Previously, on Insert Credit episode mm-hmm. one twenty three, uh-huh. February twenty fourth, twenty sixteen, part time un American monster guest host Tim Rogers asked, "What would be the worst movie to license as a beat 'em up?" Frank responded that <laughs> any movie with multiple characters could potentially be a good beat 'em up, but that wasn't the question. oh very good very good did i tell you all about am i supposed to talk about this i don't know Uh, a friend of mine wanted to make a golden axe movie that was all um Uh just entirely side scrolling like the the whole movie scrolls left to right oh yeah because of that one scene in old boy is that it and it's it's all in perspective uh i don't know if he was thinking about old boy i think he was just thinking about well, old How'd boy you actually has make a belt scroller out of a old movie? boy has the scene in it that looks like it's from a beat 'em up. The worst movie yeah, to the adapt. Hallway. The worst. You that said? was your question, Tim. Okay, that was that was my question. Okay, so um, <laughs> I I think that uh, worst taken uh, uh, as far as I as, as as objectively as I can consider the word worst today, right now, today, um, having endured many years as a somewhat uh, independent video game developer having seen many video games and having overheard a lot of, you know, it would be a good video game pitches uh, colloquially and coffee shops and, and uh, uh, you know, just houses and salons uh, around the world. Um, 
I think the worst movie to adapt right now today, as far as I understand the word worst, I'm, I'm stalling here, would actually be <laughs> Old Boy. I can imagine some. The, I can imagine the most boring conversation ever to transpire between independent video game developers, concluding with this this game jam triumphance where they say, what if we just straight up make a beat-em-up out of old boy so we can have that hallway scene as a video game the way it's meant to be? And then somehow these people would get Silicon Valley money and uh, they would they would get the license and make that game and uh, it would be a huge belly flop after getting kickstarted or whatever the equivalent of kickstarter is for a game that has money. That would be a bad, really boring thing to happen. I wonder if I mentioned... Uh... Fight Club last time because it seems like it wasn't the one there I was a Fight Club mention. video game right there was a Fight Club video game yeah it was one on one last though. time you tried yeah. to think of experimental movies that didn't have any characters yeah uh, yeah I I think like the big challenge is that you know you take a, a movie like <laughs> Waiting for Godot and you can still make something pretty funny out of that you know yeah so it has to be something that's too serious and too into itself that people I making think old it, boys pretty good dude. <laughs> People making it wouldn't be able to help themselves from doing something that was like way out of their depth. So I feel like Fight Club is a good one for that because people people like that movie even though it's bad, and they love that movie even though it's bad. And because of those mm-hmm. two things, they would make a really um, ponderous video game. And it's like, oh man, the, the scene in Double Dragon where you fight yourself—that's Fight Club. I think they would also do that with Donnie Darko. I think there's a really good Venn diagram there. Mm-hmm. Donnie Darko, the beat em up. Yeah. <laughs> so I think beat em ups uh, off the top of my head right now. I'm not going to dig deeper past uh, my cranial skin here. Beat em ups are the worst suited genre to making like a smart game with a narrative, right? Is that the, is that where this joke originated from in 2016 jaffe the beat-em-up is what you do if you get a contract to do like an advert game you just yeah yeah you know place the, the characters yeah exactly yes yeah. i mean that or an endless runner yeah yes. well endless runners are, uh... i've done i've done one of them yeah <laughs> oh man that one was cool though Sharknado. i like that one. Oh, thank you oh wait not that one uh never mind a, wait that's that, the one that one was okay Oh, <laughs> I was thinking of the basketball one. Uh, conceptually, that wasn't, I worked on that's that. That's a different thing. Only conceptually. Not a licensed movie. Anyway. <laughs> Did you come up with the idea of the Endless Runner? <laughs> For, was that your conceptual input? <laughs> yeah, Frank developed Cannibalt. Are Endless no, Runners my, the new? Are they the new beat-em-up? <laughs> my my <laughs> contribution was mainly that you should dunk on UFOs. It should be that right. Mars invaded and only the National Basketball Association can stop them. And then yeah, you should dunk on UFOs. That's about it. That was that's real entirely good. Entirely the contribution. Yeah. Yeah. You you come to this planet with something hoop shaped. You best be uh, expecting to get dunked on by mm-hmm. just a uh, hardcore NBA bros. I don't think endless runners are the new beat 'em up because they've been no, it's like old. it's like fifteen years. Yeah, or they're whatever. the five years ago beat 'em up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to sneak in my answer really fast, which is that I think beat 'em ups are nothing if not for having different environments with different songs in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the worst possible candidates would be Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good. It's a good answer. Yeah. All right. I think on that, we can go on to the next question. Tim, you know a sample you need? What sample? You need the good answer, good answer from uh, Jeopardy for Super Nintendo. Uh, no, Family oh, yeah, Feud. Can... Oh, fa- sorry, Family Feud. That's right. Well, how about this will have to suffice for now. Bingo! Question yeah. number two. Google Stadia, best known as the home of Gunsport, Stadia. is shutting down first party game production. <laughs> Yeah. What's keeping these big tech companies from successfully breaking into video games? 
Uh, actually yeah. caring about it is one thing. Like an actually, actually, like actually, really trying instead of just uh, treating it like like an, an extra refrigerator on the yacht. I, I can't right? really say too much stuff about this as a person with a game on Stadia who has <laughs> actively worked with them. But I would say LMAO. That, yeah, LMAO indeed. One of the biggest difficulties is these big tech companies are trying to treat video games and launches of services for video games like tech stuff without really having a consideration for how different it is. Like Stadia, I think everyone can basically agree and no one will will uh, murder me for this, that, that Stadia was launched as a beta with the intention of improving it like they do with it, all their other sort mm-hmm. services. But they did not call it that because they have they had a video game team that was like we're launching a service we're launching the thing but then they were doing this within their framework of googleness so they actually launched something that they were going to you know keep patching and making better like they did with youtube or whatever but sort of pitched to players as something that they didn't exactly deliver well it was a beta that they sold for what 130 dollars or something yeah that's not typically how a Google beta works. Usually a Google beta is a website. And uh, it's still surprising to me that Stadia isn't a website that you just yeah. go to and there's a video game. Yeah, Stadia.com. I, one of my yeah. big frustrations was that, you know, I released Gunsport and I can't link you to Gunsport on Stadia <laughs> because you have it's to... It's Google. It's Google. You have to have Google purchased. invented the hyperlink, right? Yeah. I mean, that they created the internet, I believe. I remember them doing that in their basement. Yeah. And uh, I can't I can't link you to Gunsport on Stadia because you have to be a Stadia member in order to see their store. And that yeah, is, that's completely atrocious. That was a big frustration for me. Let me tell you. Uh, but I think that it's, that's a, it's ridiculous that I can't go to Stadia dot com slash Gunsport. Yes. And like play Gunsport for five minutes and then it cuts me off and is like, hey, you need to buy this now. Like, right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. That's not the reality, right? Now. I agree. When I when I heard the the secret backroom rumblings that Google was making a video game quote unquote console that was just a streaming service, I just immediately thought it would be YouTube easy. It would be yeah. idiot proof like YouTube, right? Well, that was the I intention. just immediately assumed that. Yeah. Well, I guess it was. Well, how, huh? how do you assume anything else? Like yeah. Yeah. I don't how, know. How, who could have conceived of whatever this is? The yeah. very same day that I uh, I assumed that I I tried to go to my Google Sheets to uh, increment my my <laughs> work hours logged web sheet. Uh, I have I have a spreadsheet that is my uh, logging my work hours for every work related task I've ever done over the last ten years. Something I recommend to everyone. And uh, you try to get to your Google Sheets. <laughs> you type like sheets.google.com and it logs you in as like a different account that you're logged oh, into. Yeah. And then it oh, takes yeah. you to the Google. Google Home, Google Drive Home, and then you have to go to the Docs Home, which is an advertisement for Google Docs. And then you have to get into your sheets by going into your Docs, by going into your Drive, uh, which and then finding out that you're logged into the wrong account because you have like 12 Google accounts because they used to not let you have more than one email address uh, attached to a YouTube. And it's just uh, it's a nightmare. So I, I should have known. The day the news dropped, I attempted, <laughs> as I have often done, to make a call on my browser with my Google Fi account. I am a Google uh, Fi person yeah. and it no longer works and there is no error message. It just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Have you seen so, like the, uh, the user interface designers dunking on like the Google uh, Google Suite apps icons? Have you ever yes. seen like there, there are many viral Twitter threads. I think there's more than five viral Twitter threads uh, about how bad those logos are. I love it. 
It's uh, it's real good. It's like five years ago, I used to say that Microsoft is the least cool company imaginable. And I think that is now Google. I don't know. Facebook is less cool, but but still. Sure. It's a close race. If you take away the evil parts, I just mean the like, I don't know. Yeah, Facebook's pretty lame. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could really. The weird thing is, on paper, I can see Google Stadia as as being a real, real thing. Hundred percent. Yes. Totally. It does not. I mean, I could see it as something that is just included on my dad's TV, and mm-hmm. he can play EA PGA golf or whatever yes. for five dollars a month that he doesn't even realize he's paying because it's included in the cable bill or whatever. I do not see. I mean, they've proven that that can be real. They've proven yeah. that. I played Ouya a game on that. Stadia. Ouya, Ouya was embedded. Not Ouya, sorry. On Live. On Live was embedded in televisions. Like, that's a thing yeah. that happened like 10 years ago. And it so makes I, no I played sense. a little bit of that, that grid, and I was like, oh, this is 4K, 60 FPS. This looks great. And it was instant, Jerry. And, and instant. it runs uh, Cyberpunk better than most things. Than the consoles you know? do, yeah, for sure. If Cyberpunk running perfectly pretty much only on Stadia doesn't sell stadia and uh, I, I i as a guy who spent yeah. around nine thousand dollars on a pc let me tell you i got it running a little bit better than stadia just a little bit oh, better well, not, sure. not too much better well, sure. yeah. yeah but we we don't all have eleven thousand dollar monstrosities nine thousand okay it's actually okay. less than that question three not counting offensive jokes gross out jokes or jokes made in poor taste what is executionally the worst joke you have ever seen in a video game google Ooh. stadia <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. oh, Google Stadia. Oh, my God. Well, you took out a lot the of the worst, worst j- joke. I don't know that like almost everything in Gex is pretty bad. I love uh, I love to raz uh, Richard Lamarchand, who is a very kind and sensitive and thoughtful human being for having worked on on Gex. Uh, Gex, is Gex, is a, Gex is a good I'm game. just kidding. It's not no, right. it's actually <laughs> fine. Um, I played it the, uh, a couple months ago. It's yeah, okay. it's, it's fine to play. It's just the, the jokes. Uh, the PlayStation version specifically don't go back to 3DO, which runs too slow. Uh, mm-hmm, decent mm-hmm. little platformer game. I think it's fun. Uh, yeah, but yes, yeah. the jokes are... It's like every joke that was on Freakazoid that you didn't get because it was Ooh, referencing Freakazoid. something from like the 70s. It's, yeah. it's oh, just yeah, that. Yeah. Or, like, or basically like, like an Animaniacs episode with yeah. five or more Jerry Lewis references. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah. there's the... Uh, I didn't even know who Jerry Lewis was. No, I knew who Jerry Lewis was. When he was he was the telethon guy. Yeah. But why is he in my goddamn animaniac? Now, when you're yeah. a kid and you see those jokes, you're just like, oh, he looks like a weird guy doing a voice. Okay. I must be I must be grown up uh, because I don't understand this joke. He was just the person that was referenced in animation. Uh, that that's still basically what I know him as. He's people go like, oh, nice lady, like that's. But that's... you know what's kind of cool? It's in the tradition of like. Peter Laurie only being a Looney Tunes character. Right. It's like they updated that. Yeah. At the very beginning of the first level of Gex, mm-hmm. Gex looks at the camera and says, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right. That's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke about Bugsy. Um, yeah. So I actually think off the top of my head, you say Gex, I think of uh, of uh, Animaniacs, the Freakazoid. I think the worst joke, the, uh, the aluminum tip of the pyramid here, that's an Illuminati reference. Sure. Um, is Bubsy saying, what could possibly go wrong at the beginning of the first level of Bubsy? Because why am I supposed to laugh at that? Because he's saying it? Because it's a voice in a in a 16-bit video game? Uh, because the character knows that the game is hard? Like, why is why am I supposed to laugh at that? Why did I try try to laugh at that as a 14-year-old? I tried to laugh. 
Have you ever done this? Yes. When I was a kid, I used to watch episodes of Family Matters on TV, and uh -huh. I would practice laughing whenever the uh, <laughs> audience laughed. Oh my god! Like no matter what the joke was. Oh, oh that's great. So, has anyone? So okay, Frank, you indicated that you have tried to laugh before. Let, let's yeah. hear about this. What do we got? I don't know that I have any specific things, but sometimes you're just watching a comedy and you laugh once. And then like 10 minutes goes by without a laugh. And I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to encourage them maybe mm, yeah. by like trying to laugh. Like, Help no, you, yeah, you had something here. Just bring it back. Bring it back. Like I'll, I'll chuckle a little bit at this and maybe mm -hmm. the next joke will be funny. You yeah, ever like see stand-up stand comedy? Oh, there. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you just go. <laughs> I've been to see that uh, last week tonight with John Oliver's show taped several times and every time you go to a, a live taping of a show there's always a, a, a warm-up guy who's like you gotta laugh during the show i'm sorry uh you know you just have to because if you don't then the people it, it's just gonna be weird uh and, and you know they, they explain this to you if, if you ever go see a taping of a show so they're like begging you to exaggeratedly laugh which is what people at like a stand-up show in the audience people are there to laugh a lot of people are tough crowd is when the crowd is not there to laugh they're there to look at their instagrams or whatever uh though yeah yeah i feel like bubsy arrived at a time where i was ready to think stuff i was ready to have a game that was funny you know i thought stuff was funny at that point in my life i was there seeing funny stuff all over the place and the best they can start it with is the name of the level is cheese wheels of doom and it's that's written in big ugly font and he says what could possibly go wrong I, exactly I as the title appears I still I think X it. is worse because it's it's references to stuff. It's all references. Uh-huh. And he does funny voices that aren't funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's just it's a, a big layer cake of bad unfunny stuff mm -hmm. from a, I mean, I'm, different angles. I'm uh, I'm I'm on board with it. Uh, I as I just recently played all the way through Gex. Uh, I I did it. I played that whole stupid game. Nice. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's not good. It's not it's not bad. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I still, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my ground on, uh, on Bubsy. Fair and enough. Literally the first second of the game after you press the start button. The title of the game is Claws Encounters of the Furred Kind. Yeah. Which is really bad, first of yes. all. Steven Spielberg reference in one way. Though, so the title screen has that. Press start less than a second later. You have the words cheese wheels of doom and him saying what could possibly go wrong. And then the game immediately starting and you'll die very quickly. The first time you play. Is that really sucks. that much worse than Diddy's conquest? Well, I was, yeah. was going to say, yeah. what about conquers bad fur day, which is like, what if a squirrel could swear? I mean, that's pretty, yeah, pretty but the title's one. fine. I, I actually like the title. Oh, the, title's yeah, fine. The, day. Yeah. the game though, the game, the game conquer goes beyond in, in badness. I right. think I think I think for me personally, Bubsy is just right there at the the middle of the Venn diagram of what makes jokes bad. It feels like the Animaniacs sort of humor, and I think we all just hate that whatever that is. I don't think yeah. anyone was ever supposed to laugh at that stuff. It was just like adults screaming at us. Yeah, well, it's they they missed the broad side of the barn with that. They softball. brought Animaniacs back, and I haven't watched. Oh my god, I want to watch it. The guy yeah. who uh, who does Gex, Dana Gould, he has a new show where he's just doing the Gex stick, just dressed as Doctor Zayas from Planet of the Apes. Uh, they yeah. should have totally gotten Dennis Leary to voice Gex, dude. <laughs> All right, that's a question four. And the executive thing. producer of the new Animaniacs just put out a Game Boy game, so it's all full circle, wow. folks. Which human video game characters? Ooh. 
would be the most valuable to examine for medical science. Oh, um, very good. I don't know how Doom guy's still alive. He'd probably be good to check out. He's got armor upgrades. It's the future. Armor upgrades, Jer. Yeah, but in the original, he's, he's just unhelmeted in there, and he's like... Or is that just a view well, of the inside of his helmet? Yeah, I think that's an inside helmet Iron Man-style camp. But it's well, I mean, assuming, assuming uh, what do you call it, time travel is possible, I think if we could get some of those characters from Cyberpunk uh, teleported into modern times, and we could really uh, figure out how they're doing all these implants, because mm. uh, you can just get super eyes in right. that game for a hundred bucks super at eyes. a store. And you're super eyes. <laughs> you just get put on a on a on a on a on a chair, and then the guy goes, "All right, I'm going to put you under." And then he just gives you brand new eyes that can see a mile away. Know how? I would like to see if somebody could make those because I wouldn't mind having those in real life. I am interested in the Belmont bloodline, uh, yeah. and specifically how they seem to affect their own gravity in ways that uh, physics can't explain. Where right. uh, uh-huh. when they fall, they fall at a at a at a speed that that appears to be impossible given their mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good so, one. They got something going on. Yeah. Now my question is: Is that a feature of the Belmonts, or is that just the gravity of Dracula's castle? No, different. Oh. Different people do it do it different in there. I I, I think, and also yeah, they, because they... Al- Alucard he he falls a lot floatier. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes. Sometimes you're outside of the castle for a long time before you get in there and, and they True. still jump. They still fall the same way. So. Well, yeah. Castlevania too, you're going town to town. That's right. You got that jump. So, All right. The castle theory's shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, a, there's dudes out there in these video games who are just doing free hanging ledge pull-ups all the time. Just like oh, hundreds yeah. of them in a row. That even Nathan the Drake. toughest goddamn dudes can't do more than like one of per hour. I mean, as long as we're traveling through time, I'd like to know how humanity evolved from Bonk. Oh, yeah. That's a good uh, question. Probably, more like devolved. We can't fly right. by waving our, our skulls. What happened? The bigger your skull now, the less aerodynamic you are. Yeah, is this a, a weird branch? Like that we're dudes in? literally, they yeah. literally have these uh, these 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 tents that they, they post up to the side of a mountain and sleep on the side of a mountain because they don't have enough energy to climb straight up. Whereas, Let alone with their teeth. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I'm talking more like Nathan Drake or whatever. People right. just they can just climb forever. They don't get tired. No, he That's does weird. not. He gets tired from running a little bit in cutscenes, but not from uh, climbing infinitely. That's okay. Yeah, it's weird. You know what would be a cool game, dude? Is a game where you have to climb a really tall mountain, and it's like really difficult mountain climbing. It's like the yeah. most realistic mountain climbing ever. Okay. And then once you get to the top, you snowboard down it. Oh. So it's a it's a climbing game and then it's a snowboarding right. game. Co-op That's two. perfect, perfect, perfect structure right there. Frustration yeah. then ex- exhilaration. Can so. you only use the snowboard to climb? No, the snowboard's just on your guy's back inexplicably the Got whole it. time. You don't understand why it's there. And the twist is, oh my god, he had the snowboard the whole time. Right, is what you say when you get to the top. Ten hours to climb up, two hours. Ryu to and Ken. Surf- Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. How they doing them fireballs? Yeah, how they duking them? The duking. size of their hands. Yeah, is it just uh, is it just power? Is it just muscle? Is it just intensity? Like what is it? Well, I'm more Jerry. interested in the whatever the sort of helicopter kick thing is called. The hurricane kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tatsumaki Senpukyaku. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that one. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Tatsumaki Senpukyaku, but they, they say it's so fast. I can't do that. I've never seen anyone do that. So it seems seen... like something unique to them. 
I've seen someone do it one, two, three, three kicks. I've never seen as many as they do. And but that third kick, not... it's like the tip of their toe is touching the ground. Of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's not that perfect horizontal leg scenario. You know, anyone, anyone with hang time actually would be interesting to study. Also, That's all the NBA jammers. I mean, is Mario human? Mario. Yeah. Mario's human. Kind of. Yeah. Me, they said he wasn't. And then they backed off. And they said, yeah, he's human. Sorry. Sorry for inciting controversy. They right. said. Mario, like, how? why can Mario jump so high? He can jump multiple times his height. It doesn't make sense, given what we know about, you know, the glutes, the, the quads. You know, it, does, it doesn't make sense. And also his size, given the perspective that you see him from in, uh, in that Switch Mario. He's a little he, guy. He's Mario around Odyssey. with all those other regular-shaped humans, and he's just a little squishy, squishy man. It is, it is quite bizarre. Uh, yeah. I, I'd like to study Guybrush Threepwood's lungs. I think that would be useful. Oh yeah, ten minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Anybody's uh, anybody who's got them weird. I mean, Mario can breathe underwater forever in Super Mario Brothers, though not forever. And uh, his lungs are actually uh, quite unimpressive in Super Mario sixty four. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. strange. He got diminished lung capacity over the years. He was probably a smoker. Oh yeah. Yeah. They never released the one where they explained that. No. <laughs> well, no, wait. Uh, actually, I think I saw an ad for it yeah. in uh, Washington Square Mall in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is a, a, a mall that's, uh, I mean, you know, they've got a Target. There was It was in this store where they were selling t-shirts for it, and it was Mario smoking a big thing of weed with like sort of a reggae hat and haircut mm-hmm. on, and he was with Bugs Bunny. So that's right. the one where they talk about his lungs right. getting missed. They must have imported that from Japan. Sure. <laughs> yeah. From Jamaica, actually. That one was from Jamaica. <laughs> Question number five. Ranked in order, what are the top five video game magazines of all time? Game developer magazine, number one. Uh, I think that's me and Tim. Um, that's Electronic game, Gaming Monthly. I made my contribution. Is number is one to in, me. Yeah, I think Electronic Gaming Monthly is number one yeah. of all time. Uh, especially, I mean, I just reread every Electronic Gaming Monthly between 1989 and 1996 uh, earlier, uh, a couple months ago. Let me tell you, I had a good time with it. I like uh, EGM because uh, at the time, they at least when they launched and and for quite a while afterward, I think that they were the only American magazine made by people who actually cared about video games. I mean, you know, others, of course, cared to some extent, but these were people who were into it, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, their content tended to focus on what they thought of as like real reviews. Um, Not that yeah, I think they had something of a complex with that. Other people were being honest too, but you know, they, they were very yeah. focused on that. And they were also really focused on, um, and I know this because I actually went and spoke to a lot of the former editors, including Ed Semrad at one point. They had this initiative where if a game was, if you could theoretically have seen a screenshot of a game, it has to be in the magazine. Um, so, oh, that owns. So their magazine just has screenshots of like anything they even knew about. And Ed would do things like, you know, they might be at CES and maybe Sega had a game, but it was only in their looping video, you know, like like at their booth. He would just kind of patiently wait and start snapping the camera. They did other really sneaky things. Uh, Tim, you'll like this. Um, when Nintendo showed Star Fox for the first time, yeah. uh, EGM snuck in a video camera that also had video out. And so they, when no one was looking, they unhooked the video from the TV, put it in the camera, then like videoed out back to the TV and recorded the thing. <laughs> and then they had the exclusive preview, like six pages of clean screenshots of Star Fox. They wow, were awesome. that's so good. 
Yeah. So EGM is no mistake number one. No number one. Yeah. yeah. Number one for I mean, I wouldn't mind doing an entire insert credit episode about Electronic Gaming Monthly at some point in the future where we could, for example, give Brandon uh ten issues to read his homework or whatever. I think we could have a real good time with that. Um yeah. so I would say EGM easily number one. This is where it gets really hard though. Yeah, right. Because I love ultra game players. Um yeah. I don't know about you. I love Dengeki. Uh, from Japan. I love Famitsu from Japan. Are we saying only English game magazines? We are not. Oh, we're not? Okay, well, I think I think it, it, Famitsu, Frank, you've seen some real Famitsu issues before, right? You can't, we can't yeah, yeah, not yeah. have Famitsu I mean, on here. Famitsu is Japanese EGM, so I, yeah, it's I think Japanese it's EGM, kind yeah. of a no, it could be number two and I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think where Famitsu I'm stuck it, yeah. is, where, where is the edge next generation thing? That's a that's a good question because I recently reread the first like forty issues of Edge. They're good. And, uh, They're really yeah, good. it's it's good. There's a they they definitely brought something new to it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you, you I guess you didn't watch my Doom review where there's a whole part where I review the Edge review of Doom, no, which required me to review it. to like read several other reviews of theirs from like that same issue and the next uh, couple issues to just prove that Edge were posers. They were posers. And that's funny to me because it's like it was the first ever really formalized headquarters of video game posers, which was kind of cool. They were they were elevating video games into uh, something else. Right. They were they were like a different uh, type of conversation that was also by, you know, just a bunch of dudes. But uh, uh, I think Edge is on there. Ultra Game Players has got to be on there. Right. What about Game Pro? I don't know about Game Pro. I mean, I I have. I, I know a lot of people who are there, et cetera. I've never, yeah. I've never really thought, wow, this is different. This is new <laughs> with, with almost anything that they've done. Um, you know what game game pros problem is? I, I don't want to like nominate them as having one problem. It's they had that same artist do the covers all the Francis time. Francis Mao. And yeah. Francis Mao. Never. I, I, yeah, I knew his name off the top of my head. I just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> um, uh, it's, uh, I, I just never liked that art so much i thought it was a little i mean i look at it now and it's 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 a you know it's a nostalgia nuclear bomb right well and the thing is he drew like 80 illustrations per issue too per issue yeah yeah machine he was on the masthead yeah so it's like at the time i i didn't like it because i felt it 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 felt too kiddy to me but then as i got older and i moved to japan and i saw famitsu Famitsu with a cover by Susumu Matsushita like three out of four weeks of the month. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's really, really a cool thing to have. Okay, we're running out of time. Yeah, we, we to, are. We, we got to do EGM, a... Famitsu, Edge, and then I think the last two Edge are kind of slash hits. Next Generation. I, I, like, yeah, Edge and Next Generation together. are a piece. Yeah, they're a All piece. Right. Can we do Ultra Game Players in number four? Uh, sure. Um, I think so. I don't want Game Fan on here. I don't oh, think Game Fan is yeah. top five. I don't. Oh, man. I think it's top ten, I, but that's there's my, only like my 10. personal list. Uh, my personal list, I would put Game Fan on there. But uh, if we're leaving Game Fan off, well, who would you put on then? I don't know. Um, CVG. I, ugh, the Brit. I don't. I think Edge is the only British one that I really respect. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like gonna say, big I'm giant. Gonna put a bit out there. I know I said Game Developer Magazine earlier is a joke, but I do believe that it actually contributed to the uh, success of the American success and like incline of the american game industry uh the sharing <laughs> yeah. of knowledge i mean you can put it you put it at number five let's yeah. put it at number five now all three of us have are represented here so great okay <laughs> that's a good list to me uh we'll be right back after a quick break after a quick break uh i'm gonna go quickly break my toilet 
Okay. With uh, something water pressure related. Throwing water balloons in there. Welcome back to the Insert Credit Show. Thanks. Uh, this is the part of the show where we reach into the dirt bag, selecting one of the questions submitted through the form, which can be found on patreon.com slash insert credit. Uh, subscribers to the Patreon can get access to that form, access to episodes one day early, and access to exclusive bonus episodes every month or so. Uh, this week's question comes from Bion, who asks, what game are you always trying to get your friend group or social circle to play, and why won't they play it? Good luck! Yeah. I don't think I care if anyone plays any game. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, okay, so... Do what you want, man. Right. I don't know. Instead of what game are you always, how about uh, uh, what, game what game have, have you, you ever... ever yeah. Have you ever wished sure, sure, uh, sure. that other people you know would have played? There's probably there there must be multiples of those, right? Well, no, because of the year 2020. Did you guys ever did you guys ever see that one? The, the, did you ever, yeah, you ever see that one? Buddy, I lived it. Because of that particular year, um me and my buddies who had been talking about playing through we'd been talking about playing Warhammer of uh, Vermintide 2 for about like 2 years. And we finally played it, and we played it till its wheels just about fell off, and then we're like we started talking about we should play Destiny. And then uh, we're probably, we played a little Destiny. And then we talked about we should play, uh, now we're talking about Final Fantasy fourteen. And uh, it's interesting that that's a game I'm trying to get my friend group to play. However, also, I haven't played it. So I'm trying to get people to play it so I can play it with them. Does that count? But I mean, that's that's a social thing. That's not like, a, you've got to read this book, Jerry. And I don't feel strongly about this anymore. But since we're getting historical, sure. um, I actually used to really want more video game designers to look at Pac-Man 2, the new adventures, um, which I would oh, yeah. not consider a good game. But I think that possibly this game represents a prototype of what a video game could be that we haven't quite achieved yet. It's, it's kind of its own narrative going on that you can interfere with and shape and you know, the, the main character is an actor doing his own thing. And, you know, you're, you're just kind of the God affecting the world around them and changing the narrative uh, that this character goes through. And I think, I think it's a really interesting concept that, that uh, I've, I've, I've not seen uh rift on uh, at least to my satisfaction yet. I, uh, I had a long part about that in my review of Pac-Man. If anybody wants to dig that up and try to find it, check it out. Uh, my three-hour review of Pac-Man contains a good three minutes about uh, Pac-Man 2. So you Very found interesting it interesting game. as well? Yeah, okay. Oh, I found it hecka interesting. Yeah, I actually played through the whole thing while I was uh, doing that review. And uh, I'd played it a bit before, but then I was talking about how we should do a stream of it. Maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe someday. I guess this came up in a conversation today, so this is worth pointing out. I really think everybody who likes... These aren't my friends, though. I'm just saying everybody who likes AAA video games, everybody out there playing Call of Duty, and I know that these people exist because you'll see them under every tweet from, like, the official PlayStation account. You'll see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people being like, you suck, give us more Call of Duty, or whatever, right? I wish that everyone who enjoys the big tentpole AAA video games would just play the new Hitman games. Uh, and and learn to expect more and appreciate more and embrace more because those hitman games jerry 
they are uh, they are beautiful and bountiful and there's not i mean so many triple a video game things meetings design meetings i've been in where hitman gets brought up and then nobody tries to make anything like it and hitman has been the video games of the future for so long at this point that it's weird that it's not every video game it's not exactly under the radar though i wouldn't say it's not no but it's it's not a they, they've they've struggled in these weird little ways you would assume they're not struggling and uh i guess they've got that 007 so game the coming dip out and now. dots of video games check out hitman everybody if you haven't played a hitman just try the new hitman i wish i had a wish good, had a good for this but I, I feel like insert credits whole premise for so long was you should try this game and yeah i feel like mm-hmm. it was successful <laughs> like um <laughs> a lot of people know that yakiniku bugio bonfire game that we reviewed on insert credit like i that don't game's think dumb as heck i don't think that without yeah, that. insert credit people would have been like yeah that's a game you should all try you know like who knew that game existed before that did you know that if you posted that sort of review today you would start getting text messages with pictures of of dead people in them yeah, basically that's probably true because because you dared to say you dared to mention that you don't eat meat yeah uh, uh but you're i'm reviewing this game about meat isn't that fun instant just hundreds and hundreds i don't yeah. you, you wouldn't even know how they found your phone number you wouldn't you know, even i'm know. glad that wow. i did a game journalism back in the time when i did it instead of having to do it right now because it's uh much more of yeah. a misery these days it's uh it's not good it used to be kind of fun you remember that that's uh yeah it was real fun it was oh, fun yeah. back in the day when like we just made stuff and probably no one read it but we had no idea and then we moved on well, people read mine, I think. Oh, they read it. It's, uh, it's pretty bad uh, to get emails about stuff that you wrote literally 20 years ago. It's true. I got I got a really bad email about my Metal Gear Solid 2 thing like two days ago. <laughs> so from a guy long who's ago. like, he's like, you need to read more books if this is your idea of of a of a video game review. And I was like. This has to be a joke. Yeah, you you uh, read a couple few more books since the last twenty years, I think. I replied to him, and I was like, "Do you realize you're you're literally replying to something from like twenty years ago?" And he replied with eighteen years ago, actually, but you couldn't be bothered to verify that. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" Uh, and it's uh, and then it's like way to dodge criticism, and I was like, "Oh, like I gotta just close the email inbox." But somehow it's in my personal email. How did it get through your filter? I don't know. Well, okay, the filter is, uh, I mean, this personal email is the one that doesn't need as many filters. All right. I don't even know how he found it. It's weird. I'm going to go on to the next question. Yes. That's the end of my story. (laughs) Question seven. What are the ideal personal and environmental conditions which must be met before you sit down to play a game for a significant period of time? Oh, crikey. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so for me, number one, uh, know me have to go bathroom. That's number one. Got to make sure I've gone to the bathroom enough times that I know my bathroom schedule pretty well as a as a double two gallons of water drinker. Uh, I know my bathroom schedule. I know how long it's going to be after finishing the most recent liter of water before I have to. I don't have to go to the bathroom every ten minutes, and it it settles into the next thirty minutes or so. So got to time it with that. Uh, number two, environmental. I don't know my living room. Jaffe is in my living room right now. In case anyone didn't notice that. My living room is just basically configured to just be a place where I can turn a video game on at any time. So, but truly, that hasn't been true your entire life. Well, no, I mean, obviously not. No, no, it hasn't been. So, you hustled for this view. It's dark. 
Um, you'll notice that there is no light at all making its way in through the uh, beautiful large windows with a beautiful view of a park and a cathedral. You'll notice there's no light at all coming in those windows. I've got a nice cold blue bias lighting on the back of the TV. Sofa is about five feet away, um, which is uh, the optimal viewing distance for a 77-inch TV, believe it or not. It's uh, very relaxing, very comfortable. I got blue light, lots of blue light, and then I have a little green and magenta just to keep the room relaxing, spiritually relaxing. That's about it. And I need a beverage so, because I would like to have to go to the bathroom again soon, just not right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, peeing rules. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I want my bladder to be dry as a desert, but I want it to slowly be, uh, fill up like a sponge while I play the video game. What do you what do you think is a a a good length of time to play a video game, Jeff? Just off the top of your head, um, eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. minutes. We talk a lot about what's a short game and what's a long game. What's what is the uh, the length of time you guys think is like the right amount of time to put into? Just imagine there's a big budget video game you're extremely looking forward to, and you finally have it, and it's time to sit down and play it. A big game. I mean, like well, say it's enormous. About, if we're talking about starting it. I want to be certain that I have two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Because, because yeah. I don't know how long these cutscenes are. I don't know how long it's going to take to onboard me to the systems that they're, that they're doing and how long it'll be before uh-huh. I can start having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, two's good. Basically, so. when you first start a video game, what do you want? What, what do you think is the point where you can stop on the first day? Just what, like, what's the, the metric? What's oh, the first day is three hours. What's the landmark? What is, no, like, what is the landmark in the game? For me... It's when Assassin's Creed allows me to do an optional side quest. Mm. Does that Ooh, make sense? That's really good. Yeah. So where where do you stop a game on the first relaxing night you spend playing it? Where do you I stop? I think what you just said is basically the same answer, but I stop when I feel like the game is done introducing me to what the game is and has now opened the world or whatever. The open world moment. I guess this isn't that different, but I will let the world be open and then I will do several side things and decide how much I like those. And that's when I'll right. stop. You need to engage in that world that was just open to you. Yeah. yeah. So I guess when I, when I were, if I were to sit down and I don't play video games like a normal person, as we've established here before, I don't, uh, I play video games like a weirdo. Uh, so I'm a little bit out of touch with the whole, let's sit down and enjoy a game though. I imagine I would, if I were, an Assassin's Creed fan who does not play them as part of his job, I would be playing it until the first optional side quest is offered. Then I would probably do the optional side quest and then probably a second one. And then I would probably stop. That's probably That's how I, would I do it. I yeah. think I stop on the first day. I think I stop right when that thing is offered. Wow. That's interesting. Like, as soon as I understand what the game is, I'm just like, okay, my thinking is next time I play, it's like starting the game. You know, like I've, I've done, I've done the training. I know what the game is and it'll just be like waking up in this new world where I can actually do all the things now. To me, it's like, I will have forgotten it. If I, if I stop without doing some of the little, the little fun extra bits, then, you know, I I get into this world. I'm like, oh yeah, I have everything available to me. I don't want to deal with that. (laughs) That's actually what my next question is about, so I should go ahead and ask that now. Well, let's well, do it. Uh, when do you feel like you need to start an unfinished game over from the beginning before you can finish it? Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. For me, it's been about, it's, it's, it's gone on about six years now with The Witcher 3. I get a little bit further each time, and then uh, I get like a new, I, I get a new trinket for my, my personal computer setup, and uh, I then decide that I should start over and play it even better this time. And, uh, 
I'm currently able to play it at a rock-solid 120 frames per second on a 77-inch 4K TV on maximum settings. I think now might be the time to actually play it, especially as I 100% play through Cyberpunk for the second time. I should probably restart that game and play it. It's it's different for new games than old games, because with new new games, like if I, if I stop a Yakuza at any point and then I get back into it, um, like a year later it's still gonna pop up like you gotta find this guy because it it's a lot of modern games are good at reminding you this is what you were doing don't forget and Those so yakuza games are so direct about it yeah with an old like rpg or something i was playing east books one and two on the turbo graphics and that mm-hmm. is a game where i don't know how who has the patience to get through the the last um area in that game without a walkthrough but it's 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 not me. There's there's a lot of it's a big maze. There's stuff where you have to like go back and forth, but it's not indicated to you. You just have to kind of stumble upon it unless you're using a walkthrough. And even with a walkthrough on that game, I was like, I can't I can't let this go for more than like a week and a half, two weeks or else I'm going to forget where I was in the walkthrough, even like which things I had done and not done because there's oh, no. Yeah. There's no inventory. I mean, there's an inventory. There's no uh, quest inventory, though. You don't know which things you've checked off and which you haven't, where you are. And so with an older game, yeah, I'd say two weeks is about the max. And otherwise, you know, I got to I got to start over at the beginning again, probably. I think at this point in my life, I can only play one game at a time. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if I don't finish it, I'm either going to never finish it or I'm going to start over someday. So for me, I I don't know if, if time matters too much but uh another game interrupting a game is is going to kill me ever resuming it mm. that's interesting oh i restarted the game land stalker uh the first time i played through it i restarted like 10 times eight times i restarted it eight times because i liked it so much and i wanted to just redo the dungeon uh the first couple of dungeons i just wanted to redo the whole run up to them because i felt like it was such a good solid like first 10 hours of video game that i eventually whittled down to like two hours and i just had a real good time blasting through it it was so well holistically designed did the same thing with legend of zelda link to the past as well the first time i played it i got a few dungeons in and i just liked the feeling of pulling those dungeons apart and getting to the boss and fighting and then i got to a point where i wasn't not really speed running though doing some elementary uh baby's equivalent of that you know and uh, just had a re- real good time restarting that game over and over again. That reminds me of another kind of restart that I have done many times, which is like I'll get into a game and then if I get like 20 minutes to an hour in and I'm like, oh, man, I made a decision here or I did a, a build style or whatever th- um, that I now realize is not ideal for me. If I just go back and restart it, I'll have a much better time. And I've I've definitely done that on games where you know, get 20, 30 minutes in and I'm like, ah, I could do a better job. I'm going to start over. Um, shooters. I yeah. do that with shooters all the time. I guess that's what one CCing is all about, really. Have you noticed the prevalence of the internet blog post style of things to know before you play X game? Have you ever mm-hmm. seen this? Yeah, it's, seen. A, it's a very lucrative post type uh, on Kotaku.com. They uh, tips before you start, you know, game name was a real big deal because games take a while to unleash a lot of stuff at you and then if you know some of that stuff uh, and then you restart the game the beginning is always a lot more fun with i find that with triple a games now 
for example, that Cyberpunk, I played the first three hours like ten times at this point. Not, you know, for fun, though, just uh, playing through it like that third time, those first three hours are much better than they were, you know, before I'd spent a hundred hours or so playing the game. So it's, uh, I mean, that's kind of a thing with design now. Control. I was just showing Alex Jaffe Control on this graphics card. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, and it's the whole run-up to the first boss in Control. Frank, you played Control. I like, did. Uh, I really like that first 30 minutes where you get to that first boss. I know what ray tracing is now. Yeah, oh yeah, I showed him, <laughs> I, I turned ray tracing off, and then I, I was turning it on and off and being like, see this? It is a pretty big deal, isn't it? Yeah. I can't not believe a... that game doesn't have HDR. I'm waiting yeah, for that's... the Game of the Year edition on that thing. That's got to be coming eventually, like where they have oh, all the, the enhanced... DLC and stuff. Isn't the enhanced edition out today? Wasn't it out today? Oh, maybe I maybe or that's, I have that's waited. the PS5 edition. I I think uh, there's like some sort of free upgrade. I wouldn't play it on the PS4. Uh, I would play it on the, if you can get a PS5. I think yeah, that would be the right way to do it. I can't even fit it under my TV. Oh, yeah. Oh. All right, that's time. <laughs> uh, our next question. <laughs> Thank I you. Pressed, oh, there's the button. All right. What was the best day you ever had just playing video games? Hmm. Ooh, just video games? You, I mean, I can't include Batman Returns, ice cold, uh, a cup of Batman Returns, McDonald's ice cold Sprite, and a big old bag of McDonald's French fries. I've been watching this uh, flower as long as arranging... video games were the main feature of the day. Yeah, I was gonna say I was yeah. <laughs> watching this flower arranging competition, and as long as video games are the hero of the uh, of the piece, I think that, that probably counts. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Let me think the this over flower. for a minute. So I think uh, I think Tim and I both share an experience of uh, playing the Metal Gear Solids for the first time, basically overnight. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, sort of having them end at 5 a.m. or so when choose they, life and then live as the yeah, sun is coming up. They seem a lot more profound than they actually probably are <laughs> um, yeah dude and uh i i cherish all three of those i've done that with one two and three i had an interesting experience with three where i played it in my friend's uh apartment while she was visiting her parents uh and i was just like squatting in her apartment overnight uh she just let me stay there while she was gone and i played all the way through metal gear solid that weekend that wasn't one day though that was there were some uh sleeps and then i beat that one Real I mean, Tim, you night. had those Final Fantasy dogs you did. Oh, yeah, those are good. Those are good. Playing a game with a friend for a long time. It's hard to pick just one of them, though. Yeah. I've had some good times playing video games. There have been some good days, video game days out there. I'm having a hard time, like, pinpointing a specific day where I did a lot of game playing, and it was a good and it was a good day. I, I mean, I've talked about on this show, like, several years ago, the time when I got incredibly sick and just played through Dragon Age. And that wasn't a good time because I was sick, but it did make a bad time much better. And I think I mm -hmm. like Dragon Age a lot more because of the context in which I played it. It's a decent time to play a game, I suppose, when you're not feeling well. We've talked about games you play when you're not feeling well a couple times before, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've mentioned on this podcast before my, my, my day where uh, it was my birthday. It was June 7th, 1992. Need I say more? Well, I mean, okay. It was also the last day of school. Okay. Yeah. Right? So that's not bad, right? It was also a nice warm summer day in uh, Fort Meade, Maryland, home of the NSA. And uh, peculiarly, outside MacArthur Middle School, my mother was waiting in her car. Had to walk home every day. Aside from that, she was waiting in her car for both me and my brother. 
she had a big old bag mcdonald's and uh the local uh, video rental shop on the army post fort Meade, maryland had that very day begun to carry super nintendo games and my mother had rented legend of the mystical ninja and final fantasy 2 and that was pretty good choices the best can't do both best, you can't do both though it's impossible the best day of my life Dang. Uh, we played a little bit of Legend of the Mystical Ninja, and then I just bulldozed through Final Fantasy II over a period of two days. I did not beat it, because how can one beat it? You can't. You uh, can't. In that short of a time as a as a 13-year-old, right? I mean, come on. I had a fairly recent good day, I just remembered, which is two Ooh. or three years ago. It was a Saturday, and you know, we, my wife and I had a sort of leisurely breakfast, whatever, and somewhere around lunchtime, started playing the original Legend of Zelda for I mean, I've poked at it, but I'd never tried to actually play it. Uh, oh, really? And we together, uh, sort of controller passing, uh, completed the whole game in about eight hours uh, without having to look anything up or anything like that. And that was a oh, good Oh, that's day. excellent. Yeah. I, want, I wonder how much uh, Zelda literacy uh, uh, obtained from other just, video uh, yeah, games, no, I not t- just Zelda. Well, that too. Yeah. But I think yeah. just, like I knew which, bur- which bush to burn somehow. I have oh, no rules. idea where that came from, but I knew which bush had the had the entrance. And I don't know if it was just like I've come to uh, be literate in a Miyamoto map. I don't know. But like it was just very clear to me, like that's where the entrance is. And I was right. Ooh, that's yeah, pretty that's good. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, some of the when you look at it, some of the some of the bushes that must be burned and rocks that must be pushed. uh they, obvious in retrospect yeah yeah a little bit they're there it's it's like they're they are signposted sort of well though a lot of it you didn't play quest 2 though right no no quest 2 is uh is bonkers uh and there's just no logic to most of the stuff it rules they basically made two games yeah which is which is weird that doesn't get yelled about enough they made two whole zeldas in one thing it's weird right i don't know i can i can beat both quests because i'm a I'm, a, I'm an idiot. That was like my that was my childhood game that I played the most outside of Super Mario Brothers three. I guess I can think of one now. I was uh, house sitting for my mom, and uh, the dogs were all being relaxed, and it was a nice sunny spring day. And I was playing um, I was playing Shin Megami Tensei four on the 3ds. Oh, good game. And good game. I was I was playing it on the couch. I was playing it and outside. I was playing it on the bed. And I was just uh, that game has great music and it's it's somehow not very relaxed while also not being that relaxed. But it, it, it felt like a real relaxing, uh, relaxing event to be, you know, hanging out with some some chill dogs in a in a springtime California setting while just being able to play that game wherever chill I dogs. felt like I didn't have I didn't have to be in front of my TV. I could be I could be anywhere. I have a day I describe often and fondly that uh that was actually a very bad day though every once in a while accidentally my my memories reconfigurate themselves and i consider it a good day does that count because i'll I'll say it was when somebody burned down the gym in my school and i played final fantasy three six all day without sleeping or stopping just like straight through to uh the world of ruin straight through because the school was closed they burned down the gym and then uh, we had we got Friday off, and I had Saturday and Sunday, and I spent that whole Friday just playing that game, that beautiful game. All right. Uh, before we move on to the next question, I just want to quickly acknowledge my childhood friend Yoni Stern. He is a radiologist now. Yoni. Uh, 
Uh, one day in high school, we played through the entire Halo 3 Legendary campaign on co-op, and I still think very fondly on that. Oh, I want to shout out one more. My friend Keith Rudisel, who came over to my parents' house to visit on the 4th of July, 2002. My parents, I had just come back to America from Japan for a brief stay, and my parents were like, oh, if we knew you were coming, we, 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 you know, they, you know, whatever. They're like, we're going to go to West Virginia and see your aunt and uncle. You want to come with us? And I was like, I don't really, I, I was just on a plane 12 hours. I'm going to sit here over the weekend. My buddy Keith came up and we played all the way through Halo 1 hey. campaign on the Xbox that my big brother had given to me because he realized he hated video games again. He tried to, to like video games again. After giving up on video games loudly in 1993, he got back into video games just long enough to play half of the Halo campaign. I had his memory card save, and me and my buddy Keith played all the way through so it. So you started the fight, and we finished it. Yeah. Well, we, we started it over, and then uh, uh, there was this, there's this big old tree house in the backyard of my parents' house that just yesterday, Mimsy was asking, did you ever hang out there when you were a kid? And I was like, no. The only meaningful hangout I ever had in that tree house was with my buddy Keith. We went and sat up there, me, him, and his girlfriend, him and his girlfriend smoked a bunch of weed. I'm just, I'm, you know, is that a crime? I don't know. And some kids uh, in the neighborhood were setting off big old loud fireworks. Okay. And that was the only time Halo and uh, watching somebody else smoke some weed All in right. my parents' treehouse. I just want to say, <laughs> good Yo day. I just want to say, Yoni, if you're listening, thank you for 10 years of not changing your Netflix password. Oh, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, question 10. What is the figuring out how to turn on the shower in an unfamiliar bathroom after a long day of travel of video games? <laughs> I feel like Ghost Runner is a recent one for me. I was trying to play that, and it's got a lot of actions I'm familiar with, such as jumping, wall running, and shooting. And they managed to uh, reconfigure everything in such a way that I could not figure it out with ease. And so that uh, Ghost Runner is, is, is the most recent memory of that for me. Perfect. I think yeah. almost every AAA game is that, where it's like, how do I crouch? Like, I, man, you know how uh, the Xbox 360 established uh, a system level analog stick yeah. uh, up and down, inverted or normal, as they call it? It, it established, uh, like, it was system level, so every game just knew what your setting was, right? We all know mm -hmm. this, right? They, they, they set that up, and it got a couple of blog posts. A couple of blog chuckles from people thinking it was frivolous. It was not frivolous. It was a, it was a good good idea of a feature. What if, for example, we could just get a, a system level like a crouch button on your video game? You know, yeah. like like I could just choose which button I like to press to crouch. Video games aren't AAA video games I, anyway. They aren't that different. You know, no offense to them, they're not that different. Most of them are pretty much the same thing. Most of them have tall foliage that you can crouch in to be ridiculously perfectly hidden from everyone. Why there's can't the crouch there's button? jumping, there's parkouring. Yeah, well, I think we could just put all those together. Um, some games like old Assassin's Creed's, uh, you know, as you can tell, I've, I've played every Assassin's Creed very recently. Um, some old Assassin's Creed's had a trigger to be the run button, you know. And then some other games, uh, you got to click the analog, not just Assassin's Creed, you had to click the analog stick to run. Why can't I just choose which button I like to be my run button? I just, I switch over to one game. I pressed the wrong button to crouch again. What did I do? Did any of you play that Nina Williams PS2? Um, what oh, was the, Death by the Degrees. Dead Before Daylight? Death by Degrees, yeah. That, <laughs> death that by, game death, where you dead have by to degree do, light. do everything with the analog sticks and you're used to hitting buttons on it, but it's like, no, it's now it's contact sensitive analog can i just movement. say that that is uh, one of the uh, 
this is a good topic for future discussion. What are the worst underrated video games? <laughs> worst underrated video games. It's, it, is not, it is not often enough rated how bad that game is. Right. How interestingly, weirdly, uniquely bad that game is. Yeah. There's like a million little tiny uh, pocket-sized topics to discuss within Nina Williams' Death by Degrees. Very strange game. I yeah. just re-got that game because of remembering how weird and bad it was that I was like, yeah, there's there's probably something in here that's very interesting for me to interact with. So I'm gonna. Yeah, what would be the opposite of a hidden gem? Hidden crap? A hidden uh, a hidden sh- a glass shard, sh- broken glass shard. Yeah, hidden trash. Hidden trash. Back in the old days, the Japanese term soge was not necessarily used in reference to, to a, a game. To refer to a very that, specific, yeah. It, it wasn't a game that everybody knew necessarily. It was quite often, like, nowadays there Hidden are the trash. legendary ones. But there, there's like a game called um, something Neketsu Legend Baseballer on the PC Engine, which is a cyberpunk baseball RPG. Yeah, um, I'm digging it. Where, like, you don't even get a full number of fielders until, like, 10 hours in. And you're playing the playing baseball with three three characters two of whom are AI and can't do anything. And it's just like, I mean, that game's terrible, but it's funny to hear about. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there, I'd say there are a lot more of those. So that that's like a hit. It's like a hidden, hidden, whatever the opposite of gem is, that kind of a game. Hidden nonsense. And it costs yeah, that, just as much as a hidden gem. Well, yeah, well that so, game, uh, that game is weird. To, to go back to the question. Um, yeah. Thank I think, you. I think every, new jrpg i play is a lot of tinkering to figure out how status effects work and or stack mm-hmm, right and yeah. or yeah and it's and it's never clear until like the ninth hour for me right just explain it to me like or just do it like final fantasy just steal it just do it the same way i they, don't care they add all of these new baroque mechanics in every jrpg that ever comes out about times and cooldowns and warm-ups and ability counters and activity tokens and skill points and whatnot that's basically it is jrpgs and that is why yeah tim i'm gonna have to correct you there baroque isn't a jrpg it's a roguelike oh that's a good joke i'm using the word baroque in the uh, design sense and that is why when you travel always stay jerry always stay at the dragon quest hotel there you go well, uh, Tim is in the lead right now, but that can all change in, in our the lightning lead. round. Yeah, we're re-implementing winners. Uh, right, let's do it. We are recording this episode, and it'll be out uh, just before Valentine's Day. Oh, so uh, you all have been asked to help design a line of video game-themed Valentine's Day cards for Hallmark. Oh, yeah. However, you do not have the rights to use trademarks or iconography from any specific video game. Oh, man. Come up with as many cards as you can in the next three minutes. Oh, God. Oh, Valentine. Uh, so it's, it's basically, it's going to be just your regular looking Valentine's, except it's going gonna, it's gonna to say stuff like... Uh, okay, is Achievement Unlocked trademarked? <laughs> So if not, there we go. Achieve, no, achievement unlocked. I love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That's that's real bad. I like it. I mean, you Frank gotta be able to have, like a, uh, yeah. You got to be able to have a generic like space marine on the front of something. Um, like, right. The, Every we, we day is that, double right. XP. 
XP day with you, Valentine. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it, it's on the front. It's it's got like um a gleaming chest thing, like like um free to play style, and you open it up and it says gotcha. Oh, it's like a gotcha. A gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right, we're getting a little deep in the paint here. Well, you know. Oh, Bibby Babis is uh he's That's causing his a ruckus here. All right, Bibby's in the lead right now. <laughs> I mean, maybe we can workshop this, but I'm thinking something about a game genie code for infinite love. Infinite oh, loves. That's infinite terrible. loves, yeah. Oh, uh, infinite yes. loves. You know, I've actually seen ones that are something like You're My One Up. Uh, oh, I, I've what seen is those that? in real life. I don't even know, but uh, uh. they're out there. Someone's buying them. Yes. I remember going to Kotaku.com one day and seeing an ad for Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay. I, that was just, it was just a picture of the Honey Nut Cheerios box. I'm not making this up. And like a couple of Cheerios. And then just the words, level up. And I'm ima- <laughs> like, 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 no joke, level up. And then the period was a Honey Nut Cheerio. And I'm just imagining Don Draper, just uh, his eyeballs, his just red as blood, just going, just walking into the meeting going, level up. Gamers like to level up. All right, let me pitch this level up. Oh, level nice. up. Uh, okay. Yeah. I thought of one that um, I hate. Okay. Uh, yes, first. go for it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, your mushroom makes me bigger. I hate it. I'm sorry. No. Uh, no. 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 None no. of yours are, would actually be printed. Okay. Here, here's you they would press, be printed. You, you press start on my heart. There. There. Oh, that's great. Start, right. You like that's what that's what heart. a Valentine yeah. is like. Uh, you're right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I, I guess it's hard for me to come up with uh, these since I'm such an original thinker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, with that, I think I have to say that Frank is what? our winner this week. Congratulations, oh, I was, Frank. I was having fun with more of those. I think I've done more of those. It's been fun. Oh, I won some homework or something, right? Yeah, you get to pick our uh, either second or ninth question. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Uh, second or ninth. Let me know. Uh, <laughs> I will. I, I might oh make it number God. nine. Because I like the number 10 to be the blank of video games question. Uh, but uh, until then, do you all have any recommendations for our listeners to entertain themselves between our weekly episodes? I was about to say that if you want good examples of video game Valentines that are clever, uh, don't look up the Super Mario uh, Valentines that were sold in the 90s because they're not clever at all. Oh, yeah. Your mushroom makes me bigger. There, no, that, I mean, that's almost clever, right? But this is just there's a picture. OK. I'm going to read some off. There's a p- picture of Princess Peach, and it says, yeah. you're pretty special. Be mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not that's not even funny, though. Wait, that's is good. it like a reference to like the special zone from Super Mario World? It's a reference uh, to nothing, I, I think. I don't think so. So there's one that's the three. Uh, what's the plural of virus? Is it viri? I don't know. Viri, yeah. Okay. I think it's viruses. The, the three viri I think from it's viruses. Dr. Mario, viri. and it just viri. says, happy Valentine's Day. Nice. <laughs> Uh, there's a picture of Dr. Mario holding up a pill and he's yeah. kind of off balance. Like he's stumbling and okay. it says, who's yeah. your buddy? I am. <laughs> oh, that's the one that you give to oh, somebody. You good. don't have any romantic feelings. Oh, for. these are good. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. These are, yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is some modern. Yeah, the art. These are some real obligation chocolates of Valentine's Day. Oh, cards. giddy choco. Choo, choo, choo. So, give me that. Give maybe me that I am choco. recommending that you uh, purchase a vintage box of Super Mario yeah. Valentine's. I might, I might give some of those out. That's a good recommendation. I'm going to give myself one. I'm going to give one to my dog that says you're my buddy. <laughs> uh, I recommend the the movie Bakurao. It is a oh, Brazilian movie film. Have you seen it, Tim? Because yeah, if I've seen not, that film. I'm, 
I, I uh, recommend it specifically to you. Um, it, it's on oh. the Criterion channel. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very good movie. And Wait, it, did you it, get the the Criterion channel? No, I I saw. Oh, oh you saw Fandango. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I know it's on Criterion. I looked it up before this to make sure that it was on something that people could watch because this this movie has two very interesting things about it. Um, mm-hmm. One is the world building is done in an interesting and cool way. And the other is something that I will not mention. It's not like a spoiler, but it's just something Ooh, yeah. that I think is, is more interesting for someone to think about on their own. Um, I guess I could say it's interesting to think about who is the main character of this movie. Um, that's, that's yeah, something I love that's having very that interesting question. about that. And, uh, Didn't I recommend a brighter summer day to you the other day, the last you, time you should you watch that movie a, when you get a chance to view it, but I will. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's, it's a big one. So yeah. And Baccarat is also a movie this this happens every once so often, but I watched it. And after watching it, I was like, I should watch more movies. This is why I watch movies to watch something oh, like yeah, this. Yeah. Um, it's not perfect by any stretch, but it is it, it is like, oh, yeah, you can do stuff in a movie if you want to. Like you can you can try something. So, yeah, yeah usually they one. don't No, Usually they don't. I would I would recommend if you want to watch another movie in a in a foreign language. Uh, I've recommended this many times before. And uh Every time I get at least one person personally thanking me for recommending it, uh, there is a there is a an Indian film, a a, a, a Telugu film called Bahubali that is. Oh, on I love it. Bahubali. Did you watch it because I recommended it? No, I w- watched it because it was on a list of like a hundred movies you need to watch. Oh, okay. Well, Bahubali is a uh, is an Indian film uh, that is uh, was pitched uh, pitched to uh, the Western audiences as the Indian Lord of the Rings. Um, which is kind of a really, really understating it. Um, and it is on Netflix. Yeah, it's entirely its own thing. There are, there are three versions of it on Netflix. There's like a Tamil version and a Hindi version. There's not the original Telugu, Telugu. version. Yeah, that, that which was hard is, to find. Which is a shame. Uh, I mean, just because, you know, it's, it's nice to see the, the words perfectly matching, the mouth movements. I don't know. I kind of like that. Though, uh, uh, I mean, even if I don't speak any of those three languages anywhere near fluently, uh, just to... If you put that movie on and you're not like a hundred percent chill with it within the first like twenty minutes, just don't 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 talk to me. I mean, you can I find the say. Telugu version of at least part one on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Netflix has got it in your nice, you know, your yeah. nice high resolution. Brandon, have True. you seen Bakubali? I haven't, but uh, I'll I'll see if I can get it. It's real good. Uh, <laughs> I tweeted about it just out of nowhere because I saw it was on Netflix. Let me tell you about how I saw it. Uh, I lived in San Leandro, California, if you remember this, Brandon. And near me, there was a, apparently there were a lot of people from India who lived in my neighborhood. Uh, As you know, Brandon, there are a lot of really good Indian restaurants and a large Indian community in that particular, like the Fremont area, right? Yep. So the movie theater nearest my house showed Indian movies all the time. And I went there one Tuesday night to watch some trash because I watched trash there. Tuesday night, it was $5, and I saw the biggest crowd I had ever seen anywhere near that movie theater. Uh, much, you know, And I'd been to Target on Black Friday, right? And I was like, what are all these people lining up to watch? And I said to the lady at the counter, I was like, what is, what is everybody here to see? And she said, oh, they're here to see uh, some Indian movie. I don't know. And I was like, I want to see that. And let me tell you, I, I could barely contain myself during that movie it was so good it's fun to be and, surprised uh, by something really like good. that to just happen to walk up yeah. and see it that's pretty good i'm not i'm not gonna pretend to have had my finger on the pulse of uh 
of uh, of of Asian filmmaking for any number of years or anything. So I didn't know what this movie was or where it had come from. And uh, it just blew my mind so solidly. And then there was a part two as well. So it's a time investment, though uh, just a just a mind-blowingly fun film to watch. Yeah, it's extremely good. Yeah, very uh, good. While we're recommending Indian movies, I want to throw out a quick recommendation for Lagan, the cricket movie from oh, 2001. Yeah, good film, good yeah. film. Very good film. Not to be confused with Gurren Lagan. No, different thing. Yeah, Wait, will which I, is will a I decent learn anime. Critic? Critic, cricket. If you, I watch it, you actually critic. will learn a lot about cricket watching that okay. movie. Yeah, like I, I have sat down and tried to understand cricket many times, <laughs> and this movie did a better job of illustrating what cricket was to me than those times. Sanctimoniously, just to be a big jerk, I once forced myself to actually learn everything I could about the rules of cricket. Sure, and I can say that uh, th at first it was lol. How can anybody understand this? And then after a little bit, I was like, oh, okay. I guess yeah, it makes it's sense. just crappy baseball. Yeah, it's 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 underdesigned and overdesigned yeah. baseball. Basically, is is what it is. It's it's kind of remarkable for that. It's a all right. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a bad sport. Jimmy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got some other recommendations. Uh, I recommend that you go on over to wherever you can find us on podcast distributors and aggregators and rate and review and subscribe to us and follow us on Twitter and talk about us on Twitter and to social media and your friends and spread the good word of insert credit. We're going to have a website up and running pretty soon. I just saw a preview of it before we started recording. It looks really hot, but right now you can visit forums.insertcredit.com to talk about these episodes and any other topics which cross your mind. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Alex Jaffe. The show is at Insert Credit. Putting myself first there. Tim is at 108. Frank is at Frank Sfaldi. Brandon is at Necrosofty. This program is produced by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Sfaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. And this is pod racing. <laughs> Bingo! And now you're playing with podcasts. Oh, yeah, now you're playing. That's a pretty good one, actually, now that I think about it. You gotta admit, Frank. Man, I just kind of. I wanna... played this stinking podcast like a harp from hell.